I'm John Perry, and this is Selected Pros. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Selected Pros. Thank you for tuning in. Recently, I sat down with Brian Allen Ellis, who runs the beloved House of Vlad Press. Uh, they've published writers like Sam Pink and Bud Smith, Shai Watson, and uh, many others. You know, I just finished a, a book called Body High by John Lindsay. That'll be coming out, I believe, in April. Um, just incredible stuff. So keep your eyes peeled for that. I'll be sitting down with John in the near future. Um, Brian and I discussed that, that book and, and many others in the interview. And, uh, you know, it's, it's extremely helpful in terms of what Brian has to say about, you know, the relationship between a press and, you know, an editor and an author. And, uh, we get down to the nitty gritty. I mean, anything from promotion on Twitter or Facebook to the, you know, formatting a word document to to make a book look good uh, when it finally comes out and uh I, you know i really learned a lot from him um as if it weren't enough to run his own press he's also an author himself he's, he's published several books uh one is sad laughter another is something to do with self-hate so i'll link to those in the bio as well anyway uh it's just a great discussion here uh we cover <clears throat> a lot uh, in the indie lit space and something I'm kind of new to, uh, you know, and House of Vlad has sort of been everywhere I turned uh, on my journey to getting more acquainted with, you know, what's currently happening in indie literature and really appreciate everything they do. Um, I will definitely be following them closely as time rolls on. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, again, links and bio for everything. As always, shoot me an email at selectedpros at protonmail.com if you have any questions or concerns or complaints. So without further ado, here's Brian Allen Ellis. All right. Sorry, my cat's being a pain in the ass. <laughs> All good. Um, What's your situation over there? uh well i i i'm still working i work at a, <clears throat> a restaurant that we, we we do outdoor seating so i'm kind of like in the thick of it a little bit oh, nice but, um, but i've been been pretty uh, lucky i haven't gotten covid as far as i know I that's gotten. good yeah are you, are you a <laughs> server uh yeah nice man that was yeah. like that was like my favorite job i ever had to be honest i know it's stressful yeah, but yeah no I, I i used to i worked in kitchens for like a long time and it's like way better than that that yeah. that was that's stressful did you read uh have you read any sam pink oh yeah i published oh, yeah. Sam Pink. oh did you uh <laughs> yeah i published one of his books which one was uh, that yeah i love sam pink me me and sam pink uh go go back which book of his did you publish uh your glass head against the brick parade of now what's okay all right i've only uh i've only read uh ice cream man rontel and um uh, uh what's yeah, the first one person person yeah ron tells my favorite one i think mm. yeah well i was i was being... that been, i think that might have been the first one i read it was either that or i'm gonna clone myself i can't remember oh. it was between those two that i read first oh, what's that full title i'm gonna clone myself and then kill the clone and eat, it, eat something. it or something yeah <laughs> that's what it's, a, it's the best poetry collection since leaves of grass <laughs> but i've never read leaves of grass so i'm just assuming 
Yeah, yeah, it's a great blurb, you know. Just throw that on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I have used that before trying to promote the book. <laughs> yeah, so I was just thinking about he's got this story uh, where it's all it all takes place in a kitchen. Which oh yeah, the dishwasher and dishwasher. the sandwich maker. Yeah, those. That's pretty accurate, man. That's how it is. Yeah, really. really <laughs> I, I was a dishwasher for a long time too before I started cooking. I started as a dishwasher in, at Panera Bread. So oh shit, nice. <laughs> pretty low down, you know. <laughs> yeah i think i've been to panera bread once uh, but i can't remember i could be just making that up yeah yeah it was just whatever it was what, what, what are you working now uh right now i work uh it's probably the most i've actually never said this like on a podcast episode i'm sorry i'm, I'm kind of like interviewing you man i'm sorry <laughs> no, 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 don't worry about it. no it's just um well i work for this like government agency i mean the people oh, are shit. And everything but i work for this like city government agency that's responsible for like licensing small businesses mm -hmm. and uh it's just it's like really depressing during covid because like everyone's like struggling immensely yeah um but yeah so that's that's that anyway you want to like you want to get into it yeah i thought we were man <laughs> oh yeah we're into it but uh you just you know i'm gonna talk about um i am uh I'm very glad I came like came upon House of Vlad and I'm like I I think I'm interviewing I hope I'm interviewing Shy in the near future I'm definitely interviewing yeah John Lindsay um, for sure and uh, just I don't know it seems like an exciting press and I kind of want to just learn about like how you started it absolutely yeah I appreciate it um, the beginning yeah I started uh, House of Vlad the imprint itself I was I would I was self published this was around like 2002 2003 I would self publish these little like literary zines i don't know if you're you're probably old enough to remember what a zine is maybe. yeah 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 uh so i would do mostly like i would do like a zine was like it's like tour diary of me being on tour with my band and then i would write like really shitty poetry it was very like henry rollins get in the van influenced <laughs> like i had a live journal at the time so i would just take shit i wrote on live journal and put it in the zine and like gussy it up a little bit so you've always been you've always been making making shit on your own right yeah, my my youngest memory is uh, when I was a kid. Uh, do you remember like Mad and Cracked Magazine? Yeah, I do. I would make my own little versions of those. I would like draw them out and staple them. And I would sell them to the neighbors in the trailer park I lived in. <laughs> and then my mom found out and she got mad at me and made me go and return all the money. <laughs> Wait, why? Did she not like the content of them? I don't know, man. She was just embarrassed or something. Usually my mom would be supportive of that kind of thing. I don't know. She might have been just in a mood or something. I don't know. You know maybe daughter? maybe because she already asked the neighbors for favors. Maybe I like, like oh, I can't. Because I, my mom was like always kind of, we were always kind of poor. So it's possible that she would just felt like, I was like throwing gasoline on the fire of her already like bartering with them about something. Yeah. I mean, I'm just assuming that's true, but I don't know if it is or not. I mean, did they get genuine laughs out of it? Yeah, they all enjoyed it. They all, like, yeah. Some of them wouldn't even give me my money. I wouldn't even take the money I was going to give it back to them. They're like, no. Cool. I would drop pictures of the neighbors. I lived in like, it was like a trailer park, but it was like, there was a lot of like elderly people who lived in it. Mm. So I would draw like pictures of all these old people. <laughs> like, like they all loved it. Trying to make it as accurate as possible yeah exactly yeah so like yeah that was my inspiration was all the old people that lived among us in the trailer park Where, where'd you grow up by the way where, where was it uh i was born in long island new york okay but me and my grandma and my mom <clears throat> moved to florida south florida in must have been like 87 when i was like really young like maybe six mm. 87 or 88 and uh yeah i grew up in a, a, a in a trailer park in uh fort lauderdale florida davie florida technically nice so you were always just uh 
you're always going to be the one publishing your own stuff, which I really respect. Yeah, I, I always felt comfortable doing that. Like I had a zine in high school that I did, like a mu- like music based zine, mm-hmm. like a lot of like really punk and hardcore was like a, my thing in high school. Nice ska music. Oh, ska! I never. Yeah, who's, ska big, who's like the? So big... I'd interview all these like big ska bands. Like name it's Operation Ivy ska. Yeah, they're like ska punk. Ska punk, all right. But I would consider them ska. Yeah, they're like. Yeah, they kind of kicked everything off as far as like the '90s version of ska. Okay, that was yeah. the one that no, I, I love. I had an Operation Ivy T-shirt in high school. Put yeah. checkers on my backpack straps with whiteout. That was just like the brand of coolness was like Operation Ivy, like rancid. You know? It kind of was cool. I was the I was like one of the few kids in my school who had like an Operation Ivy shirt. Ah. It, it, it gradually became kind of cooler, but I was already like in my twenties by the time that happened. Yeah, I think I was riding the wave, uh, tail end of the wave there, just trying to make it. That's right yeah exactly aren't we all um nice so but yeah i love all that stuff yeah are you still in mm-hmm. a band by the way uh no i stopped playing the last band i was in was in like 2014 and i kind of stopped to concentrate on the publishing the book cool. publishing but my band we did do a reunion uh a couple of years ago like a year before the pandemic so that was fun yeah, yeah. But other than that i don't really play music I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a musician. Okay. It was always just kind of like an art project thing. I, I would I would view it like that. Mm. Like, I don't know. I'd have a persona and like I would, you know, write certain songs. Like I, I'm someone who would just jam with someone. I had a conceptual vision of what I wanted to do. And, yeah, and you had like Bowie personas or how far did you take it? I, I My last persona was like, it was a mix between like Screaming Jay Hawkins. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I, I'm not, but I'm he, he did that. I put a. He used to come out of coffins uh, on stage, uh, and I was a mix between him and Dusty Rhodes, the professional wrestler. I think uh, I kind of put those two together. Screaming Jay, I've got a good. Picture. And I also, I'm a big Kiss fan, so there's probably some of that thrown in too. Oh, nice! That's exciting. Yeah, but most most of the most of the bands I played in were like punk bands, garage rock bands, that kind of stuff. I was in a I was in a screamo band when I was really young. The first band I was in was called this band called Abortion. <laughs> and we write like really jokes we we write songs about like guar and like uh vegetarianism and like just stupid shit like that yeah that sounds it was kind of like a satire band no that's awesome uh when did uh so when does when does uh the punk rock brian become the literary uh publisher brian oh well probably all goes back to high school because in high school i used to review records for the local newspaper oh cool uh, like punk rock records and stuff I was like one of their young, their teen reporters, because my friend's mom knew the editor for like the Sun Sentinel, which is like one of the local newspapers in South Florida. So that, and we would get into concerts for free. Oh yeah, um, great incentive. Like we got, we got, we got to see Megadeth and meet them after the show. Oh wow! Like that kind of stuff. Like it was like fun. So I was like, uh, I guess writing is a vehicle for me to keep going to concerts. Yeah. And then I kind of just started enjoying it. I was originally going to be like a journalist. But I got kind of soured on that after a while and just decided to write like fiction and poetry and stuff. Mm-hmm. When, so when did you start writing fiction? I know you've uh, got books out too, right? So we What's can, that? I know you've got books out too, which I'd love. I got to. a lot of books out, yeah. I have <laughs> too many to books out. You're doing, you're doing both right now, which is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in the past couple of years, I mean, I, I consistently published like a book a year, at least one book a year for like 10 years almost. And, and and do you like to publish not through House of Lad or through House of Lad? Uh, I've, I mostly published through House of Lad. Uh, I did. Uh, my sad laughter book came out on civil coping mechanisms. 
Cool. And then I have a novel that's I'm working on that is probably going to come out on Tyrant. Oh, that's awesome, man. I am, I, uh, right now I'm reading the complete Gary Lutz that was published. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I, I sent, uh, Gary L, uh, my novel and, uh, she just went in, like started editing it. I, I just wanted her opinion on it. And, and, and she was like, uh, this is like, uh, there's like, uh, what was it? What was the one funny? Oh, doc, there's no period in Dr. Pepper because a lot of, a lot of I write about like junk food and stuff. I did see this tweet. I saw it and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was, it was Smith or something was like, that's such a beautiful observation, you know? Yeah, but, no, yeah. Gary's really cool. Yeah. So I haven't, uh, I haven't met her, but we just ran into each other, like in the Twitter sphere, I guess. And so mm -hmm. she's actually coming on after you. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Which yeah, I just really got a book coming out with short flight. Yeah. Ooh, which I really with Ellen represent on the hat here. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like the complete, uh, the collected edition from Tyrant. Yeah, I've, I read a lot of, I, I haven't read, I haven't read the collected yet, but I've read a lot of the books that were in, that were collected because like, uh, Gary L. Gary was like a big thing for like writers back. Like everyone kind of was like, Oh, there's a new Gary Lutz book. Or, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. they have a very interesting way of like putting together. They were just like an interesting writer. Very interesting. So very underground too, but also like respected. Mm -hmm. Tyrant's great. So that's cool. You're, you're, you have a work. I haven't signed a contract yet. I've just been talking to Gian. I was originally, I had sent an earlier version of this novel that I'm working on. It wasn't even a novel yet. And they were interested in it. And then they kind of, and Gian, and Gian oh, sorry, Gian kind of ghosted me for a while. Mm. But when he would hit me up and be like, I, I really like your book. Have you done anything with it? He kind of kept in touch with me about it. And finally, I, I got it to where I kind of, you know, was happy with it. Mm -hmm. This was like three years ago. This was before the Sad Laughter book came out. And then I recently sent it, sent it to him and he uh, digs it. And I think we might be doing it together. But yeah. I'm not positive, but I'm, it's, that's it's going that way. Yeah, that's excellent. I've, I've, you know, maybe I'll talk to him one day too. Maybe we can do it. There's so many, there's so many interesting people. Yeah, there are, man. But um, so so little time, though. So little time. <laughs> yeah, dude, everything's ending. You know, just really. Like it feels that way, man. Really, I don't know if that's just me getting older or the world's just going to shit. I think it's way. also me getting older. Yeah, but it's both, definitely. Yeah, it's really hard to keep the energy level up, being stoked about things. I know. Yeah, looking forward to like a little walk in the afternoon. It's really not enough to stimulate the uh, the old brain. But you know, all I do is walk. I don't even have a car. So I just like yeah. I walk back and forth to work. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on the brain chemistry. Sometimes it's a good walk. Sometimes it's a bad walk. Yeah. I usually can't get off my couch doing Excel spreadsheets in time to uh, take a walk. So that's kind of oh, my yeah. Yeah, I'm in the Excel state of mind. But I feel that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So when did when did House of Lads start? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think I got sidetracked, but uh, uh, yeah, it's no. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I started as a zine imprint in the early two thousands, and then I kind of stopped doing it. And I just started sending out my stuff to like literary journals. Yeah, and I would get published through those for several years, and then um, self publishing started happening in like like easy self publishing, like in like probably like around two thousand twelve. My friend had self published a, po a poetry book through like create a space, which was like, Amazon bought it recently, a few years ago. So now you're kind of going through Amazon if you're using that platform. There's Ingram Spark, there's all that shit. But that wasn't really around in like the two, in like the, the, the early to mid 2000s because like pretty much what 
indie book publishing has become now is what zines were where like it's just really easy to just do it it's a lot easier but it's a lot cheaper um so i just started doing that and i started I, I used house of vlad i brought it back as the book publishing and i did a few books of my own for a few years and then around like 2015 2016 i started publishing other people like i did a book with bud smith and then the sam pink book and the noah cicero book which, and i just um, kind of kept going which bud book i'm a huge fan uh well we did a book together called tables without chairs okay it, it was like it was just kind of like one of those mashup books it was like i wrote half of it he wrote the other half of it nice that's uh, cool. and that that book became his his section of that book became a standalone book called calm face okay uh, which I published. It was just mostly short stories. So yeah, so I've known about a long time. Um, but yeah, we collaborated on a book in like 2015, and it's cool. like made friends. So and, uh, it, so I did his book, and then uh, and then people would start sending me their manuscripts, and you know, sometimes yeah. they're really good, and I'd publish them. Like, was it uh, was it simple enough as just being like, you know, I'm opening up submissions for manuscripts i never open up submissions okay <laughs> i'm like scared of that i don't want to be bogged down actually me and bud tried to do like a we were going to do a, a sequel to tables out chairs where it was going to be like an anthology of stories about work mm. like people with their, writing stories about their jobs or whatever and it just got so overwhelming yeah. like but not in a good way like it was just like we, we get a lot of stuff that we weren't feeling mm-hmm and like the, it was just like it, at the end it wasn't worth it at the time so we stopped we just didn't do it and i got scared of opening submissions ever since then <laughs> yeah. i mean just the, especially because you guys are like pretty active on twitter and stuff i can't even imagine that slush pile just like people yeah just, you know, i don't i mean stuff. since I, I don't get very many uh solicitations unless people are still sending to the email we had when we did the work <laughs> anthology which i never check Six hundred thousand. and i've actually gone back recently and checked it and people I later became friends with who had their books published by other presses mm -hmm. and books I really liked were soliciting me to put it out on House of Vlad, but I just didn't read their email. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I probably kind of missed out on some cool books, but honestly, they're probably better off. They actually uh, published with like better presses, in my opinion. Well, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> opinion. but I mean, there, it's, it's interesting to me because like, um, I'm, I'm actually like, I have to give Twitter like some credit here because I'm pretty... I'm like relatively new to like the indie lit scene. Um, okay, yeah. Like I studied. Oh man, get, get buckle in, man. It's gonna yeah. be wild. And like I, I studied. Um, you know, I studied English in college and stuff, but I was always just reading this the shit that came out of, you know, massive presses. And it, it wasn't until pretty recently that yeah, I. Yeah, no, the same kind for me. Like when I st first started writing like short stories and submitting them, like I wouldn't even know where to submit them. I would submit them to places like McSweeney's or mm -hmm. Glimmer Train or Plowshares, like. I would authors that I liked whose books I read, like I would look and see where they published and they were all publishing like pretty reputable places. So like I would get a lot of rejections just cause I was inexperienced and like, that's just how it goes. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't really know about it. The only indie lit writer that I kind of knew of was Talon. Oh, Talon. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he, he hasn't responded to any requests to come on selected pros. So oh, I think he might yeah. be too big now. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> But yeah, he's pretty good. Actually, I'm not going to go into that story, but yeah, go ahead. But like, yeah, so you're, I was just saying, your opinion is that whatever House of Vlad is small, blah, 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 people are better off. Yeah, it, yeah, it's because it's a, because I'm, I feel I'm, this is how I view myself. I'm so, I'm lazy in a lot of ways. And I'm, I have like kind of, a, a, I guess, I don't know if mercurial is the right word. Maybe it's just about a deal with depression and stuff. And sometimes I'm not motivated and I don't want someone 
I don't want to be the sole purpose of someone not reaching the potential when it's like kind of up to me. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I just kind of like shut down for like a couple of days and I feel it's unfair. Like I won't answer emails for a few days. And sometimes you have to be kind of hands-on with the people you're publishing because you're kind of publishing their book. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I, I probably do okay. I probably do a good job. I mean, if you ask them, it's probably, they probably don't notice this kind of thing. Cause I'm pretty, pretty on top of things, but like, sometimes I feel like I can do a better job, yeah. but that could just be me being self-deprecating. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, we're always our, our own. Worst yeah. And, and it also it just feels like a small production cause it's mine. It doesn't yeah. feel like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not, you know, making a lot of money or, you know, I'm just kind of like oh, one person doing this whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, so I'm very, it's core. It's, it's it's you can't see the trees for the grass, or what's the saying? Or the the forest for the forest for the, the trees, park or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the dumpster fire for the Seven uh, Eleven parking lot. I don't know. <laughs> but the reason I bring it up is because, from the reason I bring up being like kind of new to indie literature is just like whether you realize it or not. It seems that it's my first observation is there's an unfathomable amount of presses and journals and stuff that it's, it's overwhelming man insane really i mean it's I, cool but uh, yeah it's yeah it, it's it's easy to feel lost in that when even if you're your own press too it's like yeah but you guys have or house of lad has kind of like i mean you have a much larger following than most and it's not even it's like a dedicated following you know what i mean people are excited about it and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the writers that you got i mean the writers that you're publishing are I find to be like really great. I mean, like John Lindsay, for example, and uh, for sure. I've been reading some shy in the event that she comes on, but it's like, yeah, I've been lucky with a lot of the stuff I've put yeah, out. You, you've definitely, it's, it, you've definitely transcended the like swamp of, you know, the, the hundreds of thousands of literary journals that exist on indie lit Twitter. Really? Uh, I mean, if you say so, I believe you. I, I don't, I don't know for sure. That's my take who's uh, as somebody who's like kind of like new to the scene. Right. No, no, no. I appreciate that. That, 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 that's the compliment. I think it is, of course, to stand out among so many. Yeah, there's a lot, but I'm like House of Lad is one of the few that I could like. I'm like very familiar with already being a noob to this whole thing. But I was kind of wondering. So what? What's the process then? Like for you, you don't do submissions. You don't have like a submission period. How do you uh, like? How do you find someone like John? Is this through recommendation or uh, John? I'm. I met. I'm, I I think I, I, I've been kind of like, I know John, I met John through Twitter, like he followed me back in like years ago. And I, I kind of was familiar with his work, he would get published here and there. And then I, I went and then uh, did a reading in Portland, Oregon during an AWP conference, like an offsite reading. Yeah. Uh, and he was there and I met him in Alley. And then he, he mentioned the book that he was working on and like, you know, we just became friends kind of thing. And then eventually he like hit me up and asked me if I was interested in publishing it. Okay. And then I got read it and I was like, Oh man, this book is really great. Like, and, uh, I finally just agreed to publish it. I was kind of, I was like, man, you could probably, I was doing the whole, man, you could probably find a better publisher, man. I, I, I think, uh, you gotta I, think mix you, that, man. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. That's just how I am. I was yeah. like, no, like I, man, you probably, I, too, because i can only offer so much and i when i feel like a book is really great i i don't want to greedily like snatch it up and be like claim it as my own because mm -hmm. uh, you know we're friends and i'm like oh you should you should you know try this press or this press 
And well, uh, on the other hand, it's already getting a lot of like rave reviews and press and stuff. And isn't that how it all starts? You know, you find the, you find. Yeah, the- I don't, I don't know if he had sent it out to too many places before he wanted to do the book with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's I guess that's flattering. Like, it's kind of almost like you know, it's it sounds like more romantic and more exciting to me than just like opening submissions and reading them all day. It's like. Yeah, no, I would luck upon like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the writer Rebecca Morgan that I published. I did a book, a yeah. book of his called Hotel Alexander. And they, yeah, they just sent it to me like cold. And like, I just started reading and I really liked it. And mm-hmm. I like decided to publish it, like just random like that. Do you have a particular, Sometimes all it takes. Do you have a particular like aesthetic or style that, um, for sure it's mo- it's not something i can explain it's more like a feeling or a tone i get when i read a certain book because mm-hmm. uh, i've gotten cool books but i feel it didn't have like i couldn't get behind it under the under i don't know it, it's hard to explain it's just yeah it's mostly just a feeling i get when i read a certain book and also it, it, there's a lot of variables it could be Maybe I don't like the like. Maybe I don't like get along with the author. Maybe they rub me the wrong way, mm-hmm. or maybe like I'm not in the right headspace to tackle a new project at that time. Mm-hmm. So it, it it has to be like a million things kind of like coming together. You know what I mean? I I won't just publish a great book because it's a great book. Yeah, so it's, it's gotta it's gotta have a little bit more to it. Yeah, because if the author's an asshole, like I'm not gonna because I'm gonna have to deal with them. Yeah. edits and we're gonna get in arguments over the cover design it's just gonna be a big headache so do you do all the editing as well or uh yeah i i <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm most i mostly be pretty hands-on some authors are pretty like cool with what i have to offer as far as the edits go like i don't i never got too many complaints about it uh there's been times where i've, I've butted heads with authors over like the cover art uh, and me and John Lindsay butted heads over the edits of uh, Body High. Oh, yeah? He did not like my edits. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. He, he, he had a he had a he had a panic attack when he when I sent him <laughs> the edits. I damn. <laughs> and, and then he calmed down and then he realized. I understand that. Like you're pretty close to your stuff, and like sometimes like an outside source can like, you know, should I trust these edits? But we came to a pretty solid middle ground on the edits. So and I think it made the book better. I, I agree. There's something I do a lot of like workshopping and stuff around here, and it's just like it can be devastating. <laughs> yeah, some people just can't take it. Yeah, like, I mean, I can take it, but I understand why. Like, oh, for sure. Like, it's just, I mean, there's something like I, I don't know. Some advice I really like is just trying that to think about an audience or whatever when you're writing, and when you're really steeped in like a workshop culture, that kind of becomes hard. Oh, see, I, I've never done any of that stuff. Like, I've never, yeah. like, been in, like, a book club or a workshop. Yeah. The only people I, I will, like, send out my stuff to people, like, I trust. Yeah. Or yeah. that, like, are just friends. And I don't even ask for, like, edits from them. Sometimes I'll just offer some. Like, the, oh, we found this in the story. Maybe, you know, like, 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 uh, like, um, Elle Nash. I'll send my stuff. I trust her. Yeah, Bud Smith, right. Elizabeth Ellen. I like these are the people that I go through like when I'm doing something new. Like just you know, mm-hmm. we used to send stuff back and forth all the time. I do it with their stuff too. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Is that um? Is that that all come through Twitter or or like through? Uh, yeah, probably like yeah. Well, f- probably yeah. Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, I, feel I was like much I'm, more uh, active on Facebook. Uh, I feel like I'm slowly, slowly becoming like an 
you know, an accidental Jack Dorsey fanboy or something, but it's just like all these people that I'm so interested in, I've met just on like, I'm same way. That's how I met Bud. That's how I met like most of these people. Yeah. And and then I'd eventually meet them in person. Not all of them either. I've said there's some writers I've known for a long time, like Troy James Weaver. I've never met. Oh, I love I've known him for since like 2013. I, I, um, Troy's tweets never cease to amaze me. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's losing his mind a little. I think the uh, pandemic's getting to him. I love it. But no, he's always been like that. He's always been really like, like pretty real. On yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, he's a great writer too, man. Yeah. I, I, I don't have time to read everybody, but I'm like, I'm, I'm getting there. You know, I'm dipping my toes. Yeah. In. When I, we, when I first got into Indie pretty heavy, I was like, excited and i was like reading all the like their uh lazy fascist press was like big oh, they did some sam right some sam they, yeah they did a lot of sam they did a scott mcclanahan book they did uh oh yes they did I, my buddy kevin maloney's book okay uh, cult of loretta which is an awesome book uh yeah so that was like what was like happening around the time that i started getting into the stuff um the sarah book by mcclanahan keeps like coming into my life as something that i must experience that I must have you not read it no i haven't read it oh it's great my favorite book is is uh uh i, I always i always fuck up the pronunciation uh crapalatia oh yeah yeah i've heard of this that book is that book's amazing that's a great that's my favorite book of his for by far but sarah book is really fucking good yeah um nice well hey if somebody so it's interesting right now because like being in new york and everything it's all about the big publishers or i have a friend who's getting published from a small press or whatever but i'm actually more interested in like you know the operational side it's like if somebody wanted to start a small press like where Mm -hmm. would they start well when i started i had to learn how to use certain programs like for the book covers i I use this program called gimp which is like a free like photo editing (laughs) Okay. You can download it and then i just had to go on youtube tutorials of how to use it um that's pretty much how i've always done it like any anything i t- partake in i have to like teach myself how to do it mm-hmm. and, I, and i learned like trial and error yeah i lay out all the actual books on like microsoft word okay like, i don't use indesign or any of that shit uh i have a def I, I feel i have a really like specific uh layout style you could I, there's like an aesthetic that runs the house of lab books i don't know if you've noticed that um i, I have I, a very similar vibe to them would you, would you describe it maybe as like uh minimalism yeah i was gonna say sparse basically yeah, like, yeah. that's how I used to, even when i did zines when i did when i edited the the music zine i used to publish a lot of white space like mm-hmm. very i love aerial text uh yeah oh, aer- that, aerial text huh aer- yeah that's the main text for all the house of lab books Oh, I guess like I'm not really good at like picking them out by eye, but like it, it definitely yeah. is different. It definitely is I, different. Yeah, no, I enjoy doing the book layouts. That's one of the best parts for me on doing the books is laying it out. And you just do it on Word. I would imagine in the beginning that was quite frustrating. Uh, it can be. Yeah, yeah you, like, you learn a little trick. Every, there's every every time. There's always something that go, every new book that I publish offers like a new challenge. Yeah, like yeah. there's some, either it's a design challenge or. Uh, Amazon does something stupid and I have to like go on the customer service and like fist them out. <laughs> yeah. Or something happens with an author. There's all kinds of like, or I have to advance an author money because they're living out of their car. Mm. So like, there's that problem where like, which I, you know, it's like, okay, I have to, 
how much do I believe in this person in this book? <laughs> but it worked out. Yeah. I recouped that money. I advanced them. That's great. Uh, what else? Yeah. And that, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, I don't know. And you learn little tricks here and there to like cover up your inefficiencies as either a designer or editor or a writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so what then? Are, do you print through Amazon? Uh, yes. I okay. use the Amazon uh, direct publishing. I was going to switch over to uh, Ingram. After Creative Space got bought by Amazon, I was going to try and switch over through Ingram. But I just felt like I don't want to relearn a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. And like, this is going to be close to what I've already been doing. So I just stuck with that. Because at the end of the day, it's all the same shit. It's all going to end up on Amazon. It's all, you know what I mean? And then like, and then Ingram has all these like extra charges that they like, like they charge you a shit ton of money just to do like printed proofs, which I, I usually, I will go through about like four or five printed proofs. Uh, I would order them and and go through them. And if I had to do that with Ingram Spark, it would cost me like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So just to be on the safe side, I just kept Amazon. I mean, it's not perfect. And a lot of people shit on Amazon as they should, but it makes it simple and easy. And everyone kind of has to go through those channels anyways. Yeah. So it's the government's fault. They're allowed to monopolize every industry. So yeah, I mean, it's really hard to like not have to deal with anyone that's associated with Amazon, Mm -hmm. like no matter how like indie or like, right. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, like, what? even if you if you manage, even if you try your hardest, people can still sell your book on Amazon mm-hmm. as like an independent seller. So it'll wind up there anyways. Right. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. It's just changed things. Like I, I actually have just no experience in publishing um, at all, which is why this is interesting. Why this is interesting to me. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it has it has its uh, its attributes, and it's you know. Mm-hmm. It can be also be a big pain in the ass at times. So I want you get burnt out on, but that's anything, you know. Yeah, for you sure. You probably do something that I find fascinating, and I wouldn't even begin to know where to start. Um, I want to. Uh, so you you had sent me a House of Lad press sampler with all these like works that are coming out. Oh uh, yeah, that's kind of well, it's kind of outdated. I have to. I'm I'm gonna do another one pretty soon, but I'm only gonna do it digitally. How has um. How has since you're only doing digitally, maybe not at all, but how has has like this whole pandemic like impacted you, your business, or I mean, your publish uh, your publication at all, or is it kind of? I really hasn't because I've always mostly done uh, publicity through the internet or word of mouth. I've, I've never really done too many readings. Like I would, I would the last few years I'd go to AWP or I'd go like. Oh, I traveled for readings, mm-hmm. but honestly, I, those don't even help that much as far as it's all like internet and word of mouth, I think is yeah. how I sell any books and it's how, how hard, like the authors I publish want to hustle. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like shy, shy's books doing great. John's John, everyone's books doing books. The books as the years go on are selling better and better with, uh, with minimal effort. Yeah. I mean, I feel, and, I feel like. Because there were times, usually when I was starting just doing my stuff, I would, I would, I would really like try and push it as hard as I could, and like you're not really seeing the results that you think you're putting in. It, you have no, you don't really have much control over that. Like through the years, like some, some of the, some of the most, like some of the best-selling books I've done, I haven't done much with. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's 
because I had put that time in earlier on and it kind of just built mm -hmm. or it was just one of those, like you get lucky sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say. But I never did too much advertising. I I'd sometimes put out ads in like this little punk zine called razor cake. Okay. But I never, well, I stopped doing that years ago. I, I just felt it was like, I mean, I stopped doing the like put money in to get money kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think that really works. Yeah. Have you ever on tried the, on the level that I can put money in? I couldn't put that much money in. I feel if I, yeah, the more you put in, the more you get back. But like, if you're, if you're only able to afford so much publicity and like promotion, then like, it's, it's not really worth it. I, yeah. I don't want to like, I want to at least break even on stuff. Do you so I've chilled on that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Do you ever try to run like uh, Twitter ads or anything? Uh, I've done Facebook. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't really see any like difference. I, I actually used to do Amazon ads where like they would, you would, you would choose certain products like books. If you like this book, they put an ad to your book uh, to the okay. Kindle, and I did that for a few times, and sometimes it helped, like. Uh, Rebecca Morgan's book like actually charted on the poetry uh, rankings or whatever oh, so wow. I think nice. that helped it but it, it could have also just been from word of mouth anyway yeah. so it's hard to like tell what's working what's not working right right yeah and uh, indie lit or literature and, I mean even the I, I, I know people here who have published with the big presses and it's still it's oh tough, yeah tough yeah. to get it out so yeah that's like yeah, it's kind of disheartening sometimes. Like, like you see someone, someone's books doing really fucking awesome. They might even, they might even option it for a movie. Yeah. But then a couple of years later, nothing happens with the movie, and they're just kind of back at their job. Yeah. <laughs> so depressing, but true. Yeah. And it, and, it, and that's like the music industry too. The music industry used to work. I've known so many bands who are on major labels, who have to have jobs now. I think I was. I think. It, I wonder if it was Big Thief. I forget which band it was, but it was one of these like just really talented bands that were having a great year before COVID. And it was like, they would, yeah. yeah, but they would they would go like um, wherever they were touring or like on on they would lie and get like jobs at like a diner for like three days. Oh, while they were touring? Well, maybe not when they were touring, but that's hilarious. Like, oh, we got I got to clock in for our gig in. Uh... Yeah, and it might not be Cleveland. it might not be them, but like it was somebody. I remember reading that article, and it's just like, God, that's the state of like all entertainment. Whereas like they they've got a yeah, it's it's constant hustle, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the good old days. Like, where was it? Uh, have you ever read any Celine? Yeah, yeah. Um, he just oh, like, yeah, I read a lot of Celine when I was younger. Yeah, he just puts uh, puts the manuscript on a mail post without a return address and <laughs> uh -huh. find him, you know, in the. So oh, yeah. on the outskirts of Paris and he's like, all right, whatever. Uh, it's not romantic like that anymore, you know. Yeah. Um but so hey, this is also like uh you know, generally, I mean this is kind of a new, a different type of episode, but it's mm -hmm. usually we're talking about craft and um Oh yeah, you don't want to talk that about that with me. No, I, don't I really don't have that. Yeah, no, it's okay. But I'm actually just kind of interested, like, I mean, you're working, you are running a press and you're like writing a book a year as you say or yeah how do you how do you manage that i i just don't know what else to do with myself yeah i don't know i forget i don't know i kind of cheat too a little bit like a lot of like my last two books were like poetry collections mm -hmm. and a lot of those were just shit i had i had posted on twitter that i turned into poems 
Well, that's happening more and more often. I, I don't know. And if that's kind of how the novel that I'm working on kind of turned out too. Yeah. So, well, I don't you... know. I take a lot of like, I recycle a lot of things. And then I also like, so like even on Twitter, sometimes I'm actually writing. I consider Twitter writing. I, I agree with that actually. You know, like I come up with ideas and I write them down instead of keeping a notebook or mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't just open a manuscript and just like stare at it until some, sometimes I'll just think of something stupid or funny or, or like profound in my head mm-hmm. and then I'll just tweet it. Yeah. And then I'll just, I'll either use it later or I won't. But I, like, I don't know. It's hard to, I, I'm, I guess a lot of writers feel that way. They feel like they have the imposter syndrome. Oh, for sure. We're like, am I really a writer? Cause I don't, do things traditionally i don't have a mold even though i probably have put a lot of my like i've read books about writing i've learned how to edit mm-hmm. through like books and writing and like practice i pray I, I pretty much done all the shit that writers do but like i say at the end of the day i don't feel like i'm part of that yeah i feel like more like a hobbyist or like or just i guess an artist just like going from one project to the next kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know i'm very project oriented and but somehow writing has been a really long project for me somehow mm-hmm. and i didn't even mean it to be yeah <laughs> that makes sense yeah. like, i feel like i'm kind of like stuck doing this for, for some reason <laughs> yeah yeah like listen i just i'm like to... in denial yeah <laughs> like, oh, i'm really a writer have i been really doing it for this long what the fuck am i doing yeah somebody asked me yesterday like how long i'd been writing and then i was like fuck like wow so much time nothing has happened since, yeah since i was like 16 for me yeah. 15 or 16 yeah but um i play in bands and stuff but like it wasn't always just writing i would always do other things but yeah like, i always came back to that oh uh, yeah i was i was pretty much trying to overcome adhd and just doing whatever was directly in front of me at that oh, shit. <laughs> uh or, i don't know what i have I, i've never like diagnosed myself with anything. i never been to a therapist yeah i don't i'm not medicated i self-medicate oh yeah there you go with what uh drugs and alcohol nice yeah i mean me too <laughs> i don't uh, know especially yeah. during COVID, it's like uh, what else am i gonna do you know yeah dude that's just how it is man especially if you work in a restaurant man it's, uh, it's, well, like rampant. the greatest party years of my life were not college but they were when i worked at a in restaurants yeah man. restaurant yeah it was uh just a great time yeah i like that thing what sam said on your podcast about working in a restaurant how you're you kind of become a therapist to your coworkers. Mm-hmm yeah <laughs> and it's kind of true you it becomes like this circle of people just like behaving badly and then having to be picked up and brushed off and recharged yeah, yeah. and and yeah like the just the outpouring of emotions during smoke breaks and <laughs> the camaraderie yeah man yeah i mean the people i've worked in with re- in restaurants have been some of the closest people i've ever like had in my life yeah and it's and sometimes it's only for short periods of time until you get fired or you quit yeah and then you never see him again yeah i mean sometimes you keep in touch with them but like a lot of times you just you you can be close to someone and then all of a sudden move on kind of just like life you know that is (laughs) i guess that's any any uh aspect yeah our super came in today and i was like uh i was like it's just so weird that i see him all the time and it's like at one point i'll just never see him again (laughs) yeah yeah if you think (laughs) I don't know why I thought that, but I was like, no, I mean, I, I, there's family members that I feel I'm never, ever going to see again. Yeah. Cause it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Right? There's no feasible. We don't really keep in touch. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I have like family members who I was super close with growing up, like cousins 
and aunts and uncles who live in like New York mm-hmm. who like I haven't seen in like 20 years and I probably won't see him again for any reason unless someone dies but even then I had someone in our family very close die and they didn't even show up so it's like yeah, you- what's gonna make you what's gonna make you show up if death is not gonna bring you together what will <laughs> not going to be a wedding it's not going to be a new it's life. not going to be a wedding <laughs> damn sure not yeah but uh um, weddings give me anxiety i don't think i ever want to get married just because like the anxiety of having a wedding is too much for me yeah i mean going to them is anxiety inducing I, going I, to them is fine like because you get fucked up and no one cares right well in the beginning <laughs> like maybe i'm an anxious person but i'm like when i'm talking to my friends for months before or years before when they're like planning it and shit i'm like i hope this goes well like, yeah i get that too yeah, like hope it doesn't rain, which actually it did the last wedding. Yeah. I've been in, yeah, I've been in bands. We played my friend's wedding receptions. Oh, that's that cool. Fun. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. But um, I definitely I definitely have social anxiety for sure. Oh yeah, me too. This is also like why it's nice to. I think like the podcast has been kind of cool because like more people are I think willing to come on because it doesn't involve like sitting in a room with the person and uh, traveling. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just like people are more willing to talk this way. Sam didn't even sure. want to. Put the, I do a lot of these things. Even even back in the day, I would do I would do these things. Yeah, I was going to ask you too. What what is uh what's? Could you tell us a little bit about the work in progress? Uh, oh, the the novel. Yeah, yeah. It's it's called it's tentatively titled Hobbies You Enjoy. Oh, cool. It's it's written in second person, which Bud Smith is trying to get me to change that. <laughs> so it might it might eventually become Hobbies I Enjoy. <laughs> okay. What uh, what prompted the? Is it just experimental? You want to see how it works? Yeah, I, 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 the, the way I described it to people, I don't know if you ever read a book called Letters to Wendy's. No, the, is it all second person? That book is not second person, but uh, it's formatted in a similar way. Basically, it's like one sentence per day or, or one paragraph per day of so, in, in, in someone's life okay. who has depression and like works a shitty job it's just kind of like that it's very similar to the stuff i've done in the past but like i don't know it's really hard to describe but i, w- I would describe it similar to that book it's it's definitely an experimental novel it's not like a, a traditional novel like i even put a warning at the beginning of the book there there's no plot there's no character development there's uh there's really no reason for this book to exist like read at your own discretion kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's definitely like, but I enjoy, I, it was fun putting it together. And like, even if it's not a traditional novel, I don't, I don't even, it's technically probably not even a novel. I, even, even my last novel probably would be more like considered a novella. Novella. Yeah. Uh, who even, knows? But I still called it a novel because someone told me that novels sell better. So I'm like, yeah, I was, I like, I pretty much just write short stuff, but I'm always told that it's like the hardest thing to sell or whatever i'm like oh well yeah well i'm not really selling anything i'm probably not gonna make it i didn't really make any money on sad laughter so i'm not gonna really probably make any money on this you think you'll probably make more money staying independent honestly yeah no i mean i think that's yeah it's like so what's it uh, i mean what is it is just like about a person who uh tries to focus on hobbies that they enjoy (laughs) kind of yeah it's kind of like that I'll say, yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, I'd love you, to read it. You know. Yeah, I'll send it to you, and then you can. Uh, when you, When do you think you'll finish it? Well, it's already finished, but uh, Bud Smith sent me a bunch of notes and suggestions, paragraphs of stuff. Yeah. And he was like, "You should try doing this, 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 this." So I might have to go back and revisit it. And then I'm waiting on on Gian's notes and cool. 
revisions and, and, and see what he thinks about it. Will you send it to Gary L again? Uh, once it gets like refinished, I, I, I don't want to put uh, put Gary out through that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, she said she liked it, so yeah. Could have been just being nice, though. I don't think so. Is, so, will you say that uh, John? I mean, I've just been seeing a lot about Body High, and it's like a beautiful yeah. book. Is this? Is this? Does this feel like one of the more hyped projects you've? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I dropped Shy's book as a surprise. Oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, th this is probably the most anticipated book, like um, that I published. Honestly, like people are really like talking it up. Nice. How do you deal um, with like promotion and stuff? Like, what's your what's your strategy? Just my, there's no, there's no strategy at all. I'm let, I'm just letting it go. I'm I, I'm I'm just letting people. I'm letting people do the work for me. Yeah, it's like word of mouth. I'm, I'm it's I'm, it's just lucky that way. I don't really have like a, a promotional strategy. I just post about what I'm releasing on the internet. And if people are interested, sometimes I'll get blurbs. Sometimes they help. Yeah. Um, we got some really good ones for Body High uh, that I haven't even published yet. I I, I try to get uh, me me and uh, Joshua Dalton, who I just published his his book. Uh, I hate you. Please read me. Okay. <laughs> we were trying to get a Melissa Broder uh, blurb, and she she turned us down. <laughs> what's the process of you just straight up email uh email people and just be like can you please read and blurb or can you just yeah i'm i usually usually it's someone i know like i usually don't just randomly hit up someone who like i don't know who's like famous like i won't do that but like it's people i already know that i yeah. think will like the book i don't just I don't want to use their clout or anything, but if I feel like they actually will enjoy the book, then I'll get blurs from them. Like I got Julieta Scori to do Noah's book, but they're friends. So like, yeah, it's mostly just friends. Yeah. Do you ever I th I th there's a few times where like, I don't know, there's some instances where I'll just, but I'll, I'll reach out to someone and then I'll be like, oh, you might dig this book, you know, or send them a fan letter or something. Mm -hmm. That's how I met Elizabeth Ellen. I sent her a fan letter and I, I mailed her my book. No, and that's then we became cool. friends. That's kind of a good idea. I've yeah. Never or like, or I will do like I I, I do a lot of interviews stuff, oh, especially in the I, early days. You're, you're and I would reach out to people that way and create a, a a communication or like a friendship. And that way, I wouldn't feel as bad. Yeah. You um you're doing an interview series with Volume One as well, right? Uh, that's right. Yeah, the currents. Yeah, so, so <laughs> it's, it's it's. It, I feel weird calling it an interview series because it's honestly just a survey that I send to a bunch of people. I don't have to do much work on it. I just do a little editing. You're working smart. Really easy. Working huh? smart, not hard. Smarter, not harder. See, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Find the shortcuts in life. No, that's very entertaining. I like the questions. I mean, they're, they're kind of you, you get some interesting uh, insights from. Uh, oh yeah, there's some great ones. Weird shit yeah. people say. So I would definitely, you know, recommend that people read that. But yeah, there's some good ones coming up that are really funny. Buzz is really good. That's probably running at the end of the month. It's oh, Buzz is coming out. Yeah, like soon. Yeah, and his is really good. That's great. And uh, my friend Benjamin Drevlo did a really good one too. Uh, it's fun. It's it, it's it's I I I was gonna I'm gonna try to do a hundred of them in one year. See, I like overload myself with these like crazy ambitions. No, I do the same thing, man. That's that's how you get it. That's how you just keep your mind off of all the other, all the horrible shit, you know. I know, I know. So yeah, I'm I'm all about escapism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, 
No, that's awesome. If you could, uh, well, two, two final questions for you. The first one is, uh, you know, so you, you're, you made the survey, I guess, but you're interviewing people yourself. Mm-hmm. What's the key to a good interview? Uh, Pete, you mean for like people to answer the interview or for me as like a interviewer? What kind of questions, uh, you know, what works? Well, nothing to do with craft. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I like hearing what people are into. I like people's interests, Mm -hmm. which is pretty much what this current thing is. Yeah. Um, As far as people answering the questions, uh, I like to keep uh, brevity. Keep it short. Don't take it too seriously. Kind of be funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't be afraid to throw throw curveballs. Uh, you know what I mean. Don't be so earnest. Uh, don't be long winded. I guess that's part of brevity. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. Even when I give interviews, I try to keep my answers very concise because mm-hmm. I hate reading interviews where the person just goes on like that. Yeah, a massive block. Like it's like no man. That's going to be exhausting after a while, especially if you give a lot of interviews. I remember, have you ever seen Philip Roth's Paris? Even make stuff up if it's entertaining. Yeah. (laughs) Sam Pink used to do that. You should read some of his old interviews. I would love to. Yeah. They're hilarious. I I don't know if he still has a Tumblr page, but he used to have them linked up, like really old ones. And he would give the most ridiculous fucking answers to the questions. Very funny. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. No, I was saying uh, a good example of that is like, you ever read those Paris Review? Um, oh, the the art of the fiction. Yeah, I, I actually love a lot of those. I do I, too. I, but yeah, I, there's some there's some good ones. The Raymond Carver ones were always fun to read. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm a fan of the uh, of the art of fictions, but a lot of them can be fucking long, like long winded, and I've, it depends I've, on the author, I think. Yeah, I've loved a great deal of them, but I recently read uh, Philip Roth. It was fucking. Oh amazing. shit! How was that? I, like, I, I haven't read too much Philip Roth, honestly. Like, I think I read Point North's Complaint when I was younger. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so another thing I always ask people is, you know, what's the hardest? What sucks most about writing? But I guess in your case, it would be what what sucks most. What, about what sucks most about living, man? No. <laughs> uh, writing. Writing doesn't really suck. It's just like what what sucks about writing is people's uh pretension of writing. Mm-hmm. Now people can like just people being very like ah, it's hard to explain. I wrote a whole book about this in Sad Laughter. That I don't know if you've read that one. I can send you a copy of that. It's it's just me. It's just a book. It's an anti-writing guide. So it, it basically pokes fun at writers and pretensions in mm-hmm. writing. And just all the cliche bullshit. Oh yeah, yeah. People I think that hold it in high regard when it, it's really just ego, anyways, and art. And yeah, I'm sure being from New York, you've seen those people quite often. You know, you're familiar with. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of from New York. I was born in New York, but like, like I said, I've only been. I, I've been Brooklyn was the first time I'd been to New York since I was like 16 when I went yeah. to oh, read yeah. with Bud, and yeah, seemed fine to me. I just hung out with friends that I already knew. Um, but yeah, but like the New York, like <clears throat> writing scene. Like, yeah. And the way and all the, like the workshop stuff, which is cool. Like a lot of my friends do that stuff. Yeah. And it can be really great, but there's certainly like, there's like Bud does a writing workshop outside of, at his apartment or or did before the pandemic. Now I guess he just does zoom. Yeah. I but. think L's doing L Nash is doing one as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 
Um, but no, I, I feel like there's a lot of weird, like romantic psychological shit about being right. Uh, being oh, writer. just go to AWP one year and you'll just, you'll get, you, you'll get everything you need to know about writing. <laughs> yeah. Some of those people are just ridiculous, man. It, if you, if you get a booth at AWP and you sit there for like hours, you'll see the dregs of the writing community. It's it's so ridiculous. I wish Christopher Guest should make a like mockumentary about AWP. Yeah, that'd be writing workshops. You know who that is, right? Yeah. Like he did the Best in Show movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, if he did one a, a movie about like r- the writing community, it would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, no, I, it's it's because it's it's open to ridicule for sure. What do you think about MFA programs? uh i don't really think about mfa programs I, I i've never gone to college yeah so i'm not like a student like i've never i've never even taken my sats i i pretty much knew from a young age that i was just going to like work shitty jobs and just make art you're not shitty it. if you love them man and making art is just better than most people can say so yeah that's true yeah but- i i just never had any like no one no one in my family really ever went to school mm-hmm. so it was never like pushed upon me and you were just expected to like live on the, in the dregs of society for mm-hmm. kind of weird jobs and like get by. Yeah. So like that kind of, I don't know. I just never had any, like, I just ne- never liked school. No. Yeah. yeah. School. <laughs> we all had your courage. <laughs> and also it's expensive and I didn't want to be in debt for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like that's one thing I can say about myself. I'm not in any debt. Like I, I had one credit card that I paid off in my, in my early thirties. Mm, nice and i've never like been in debt yeah i knock on wood there's something maybe i'll have like a, a medical emergency where i have to pay a hospital bill but you know even then yeah i got a i got a um second opinion once that cost me about 10 grand oh my god are you serious <laughs> but i just, I just yeah i mean there's still time to get in debt i might get in debt immediately <laughs> after this so yeah. i'm not but so far i haven't uh but uh, to, to sacrifice that i'm you know I'm, I have no, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I'm, I'm definitely going with the flow. And it's awesome. getting, I'm getting older, so it's scarier now. Yeah, whatever. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of still living like I'm in my like 20s, even though I'm like nearing 40. Yeah, but <laughs> it's also scary to work at a municipal city agency until you're 65 and then retire. <laughs> that is another scary thing. Yeah, I know. It's just all it's it's it's, a, it's terror. Any which way you uh, any any fork in the road you take, it's just going to end in a disaster. <coughs> terror. Oh yeah. Final, um, parting question though is uh, what is uh, House of Vlad? Where'd you get that name? House of Vlad. Uh, it's been so long that I like I don't even remember the. I think. Uh, well, even before the zines, I think I used uh, House of Vlad as like when I would be in a band, I'd send out demo tapes. Mm. And I was in this like surf punk horror rock band called Baby Dracula. Abortion Baby Dracula. Baby man. Dracula was was the third or fourth band I was in. And uh, and I think I put like House of Vlad Productions on the envelopes when I mailed them out. And I think it was a joke because like I was in a band called Baby Dracula and the House of Vlad like was actually like my mom's duplex apartment in Coral Springs, Florida. So it was just like, oh, you're so scary. You live in Coral Springs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. trying to keep up the image of a scary horror rock guy. And uh, so that was how, how House of Vlad started. It was just like a kind of an inside joke. Nice. And I just kept it. I, I wish I had come up with something different though. I kind of, House of Vlad was kind of weird. Having to spell it out to people. 
what the hell is also Vlad? And how do you even spell that? <laughs> yeah, but it's unique and eye-catching and you're you're publishing great shit, so it's awesome. Yeah, true that, true. Yeah, I guess at at certain point, like the stupid name just becomes like iconic or like under different uh connotations. Yeah. Like uh like you know, like the band Def Leppard, it's an awful name, but it's oh. iconic. I was listening to a band that was really good today, but they were or Iron Maiden. Which is kind of a cool name, actually. That's no, cool. Kind of silly. So Nirvana is a really bad name. Nirvana? But it, like, it's so iconic that it doesn't, doesn't even matter. Yeah, I was listening to a band called Holy Fuck today. And, uh, Holy Fuck. I was like, well, your music's good, but you're really shortchanging yourself with this name. Holy Fuck. Yeah, you can't really uh, do much with uh, that title. Yeah. But uh, God bless them. God bless them indeed. I know. God. Yeah. yeah, the last band I was in was called X Boogeyman. <laughs> These are great. All right, so... Is that all? You, you said how many bands? You've been in four, right? Uh, I've been in, I was in Abortion, Baby Dracula, uh, Kite Flying Society, uh, X Boogeyman, Top Shades. Oh, yeah, those are the, the main ones I can think of. I never asked you, what did you, what do you play? Or you uh, play? It depends on the band. In the last band I was in, I was a singer. Okay. Uh, but I played guitar in bands and I played keyboards, but mostly singing. Dude, send me, your, uh, send, send me your book and your music. Yeah, I'll send you a bunch of shit, man. I'll send you my link to my Spotify record, man. You can rock out oh, yeah, no, <laughs> after breakfast. That'd be fun. I just, the person I interviewed last, I don't know if you're familiar, how familiar you are with like, uh, uh, maybe, a, you know, electronic sort of like 80s disco uh, electronica music, but this guy. Oh, named- yeah, I, I love 80s like and stuff. Yeah, he's. Uh, I just watched the Wax Tracks documentary. Are you familiar with Wax Tracks Records? No, I'm not. But like, they were like one of the early industrial labels. The like, Ministry was on the record label. Like, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge synth, two four two. Huge synth pop fan, but I just interviewed this guy Andy Oppenheimer from Oppenheimer Analysis. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not familiar with that group. Uh, they're so great, and he's got like one album up on Spotify. So the episode, I get to use the music. I get to use, and then he's he's writing a memoir, so it's oh, uh, cool. Um, but is is his group like an '80s group, or is it like? 82. Yeah, they were big in '82. Oh like, shit! And then, uh, and he's also like a new. You know, Ricky Gervais from The Office was in a synth pop group in the '80s. Was he you should really? look that up. Yeah, look that up. Oh, yeah, well, that's amazing. <laughs> it was all new romantic. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, yeah, so it's uh, I like when people have you know, Spotify record. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. on mobile. I can put their music in the episode. You know, maybe I'll put, yeah, if you want, maybe I'll, yeah. some, I'll send you the link to it. I'll put some abortion in the episode if you. Uh, I don't. You're not gonna find abortion on the internet. We we this is pre-internet. We we did like demo tapes. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know where that demo tape is. I think it's at my mom's house in <laughs> South Carolina. Nice. Well, hey man, thanks so much for coming on. It's uh like I we never had an episode talking about kind of taking one step back from just writing shit and trying to like put it into the world. So yeah, man, no, it was fun. I hope I gave you good answers. Like I said, I'm, I'm not as like confident or forthright in like what I do. It's just, I, I, I don't even think about it. I just do it. Yeah. No, that, so, I think it's awesome. Like just like, yeah. I don't have any answers. No, I, yeah. It's, I mean, part of, I think the answer is that nobody has any answers. You know? Yeah, that's right. All I know is that I don't know nothing. Taking it back to Operation Ivy. You see what I did there? There you go. First thing we talked about, last thing we talked about. Yeah, good callback to end Yeah, it. man. So, it's a nice little writer trick. Send me your stuff. Um, send me anything you want. Send me a whole bunch of shit. 
Yeah, I will. Yeah. And, and if yeah. you ever want to check out a book that uh, I haven't sent you, just hit me up and I'll send it to you. Yeah, I will. Right else about titles. We got a lot of them. Perfect. Hell yeah. And, uh, please keep in touch. Be well. We'll do, man. Thank you, John. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was excellent. Um, I'll talk to you soon and uh, have the episode up, you know, uh, when I can. Things. Yeah. Yeah. No rush. Uh, well, uh, I'll figure it out. 2022. <laughs> Coming 2022. Yeah. <laughs> One year from now. So. Exactly. All right, bro. All right, bud. Lot, man. All right. Take care, John. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed my chat with Brian. Keep House of Vlad on your mind. Add some of those titles to your spring and or summer reading list. Uh, You will not be disappointed. Tomorrow, I'm sitting down to interview with Grammy-nominated musician Courtney Marie Andrews, uh, whose book of poetry, Old Monarch, is coming out early April. So very excited for that. Sunday. I'll be speaking with Garyelle Lutz about her newest collection of short fiction titled Worsted. And uh, so, yeah, exciting, a few exciting interviews coming up, and uh, we can't wait to share them with you. All the best. Enjoy the nice weather if you have it, and we'll talk soon.